Blog Talk Radio. Michael Trent, Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. It is week 13, Mike, in the National Football League. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special Red vs. Blue Friday Night Football, Black Friday Night Football, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Adkins, team legacy in the world of high-stakes fantasy football, as always, joined by the Big Blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. Mikey, week 13, Glenn Lowy. We just had him on the show, and uh, what does he do? He ends up leading the Fantasy Football yeah. World Championship. What's up, my brother? Yes, uh, how's, how's it going, Scott? Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I was uh, checking out the uh, FFWC, which I always do, and uh, what happens with Glenn, he jumped, He jumps ahead of uh, David Hughes. So uh, that's, uh, that's pretty awesome, man. Uh, you know, it was a great weekend, uh, a great uh, three games, basically. But we got a lot of stuff in store, and uh, – my name is not Mike Trent. My name is Mike Tomlin. Oh. What did Mike Tomlin do? Oh, Mike, I don't even know what to think about this. I mean, obviously, he knew what he was doing. This is, this is a, a veteran here uh, already at his young age in this, in this league. He knew exactly. That, that little smile said it all, didn't it? I mean, didn't that just say it all? But what, yes. what, I, what was very Absolutely. surprising to me was I did not know that what would happen is if they did throw a flag that they could actually call that a touchdown. I mean, how many Jacoby Jones owners are there out there anyway? But if that was Torrey Smith, how mad would you be right now, Mike Tomlin? Oh, my gosh. I mean, so mad. I mean, it, it just – I mean, when I saw him do it, at first I, I didn't think anything about it. And then once I saw the replay, replay, I'm going, holy cow, this guy knew exactly what he was doing. He he was given the excuse that he was looking at the uh, – Big screen, but, oh, man, he knew. He, he looked over his right shoulder and then just got out there on the field uh, with his uh, right leg, and it was, it was classless. I, I just like Mike Tomlin, too. <laughs> it's a Black Friday edition here at uh, Red versus Blue. That means 
that it is week 13, which is the last official waiver time you have. It's the last chance you have. If you're a player at FF Toolbox in the Fantasy Football World Championships or Rotable to pick up waivers, to select players, uh, in across all of our leagues, this is it. This is the last hurrah. This is your team. As you look at your squad right now, this is the team that you're going to take with you to win uh, the Fantasy Football World Championship, to win the ninth annual Roto Bowl, the Dynasty Football World Championship, the Commander League, the Invitational, the Auction, whatever it is. Week 13, that's it. You have to take your stand, whether it be with quarterbacks, with kickers. Do you back them up? Do you not? You have to survive right. these next few weeks here. Uh, with this squad, this is it, man, and it's, so it's very exciting. So we're going to take a look around the leagues, uh, looking at some of the waivers that have come in. I mean, on a Friday night, it's going to be pretty, uh, pretty tame. Joe Foria, Joseph Randall, maybe, based on the injury to Dunbar. Dunbar looked good, Mike. Dunbar looked good, but yeah. now with him being out for the year, Joseph Randall, he's one DeMarco play away from being a starter uh, for Dallas. And let's talk about Andre Holmes for a second. Who saw that coming in Oakland? Uh, this kid comes out and has a very nice day. We did see him get picked up across the FFWC leagues tonight, and Ladarius well, Green in a couple of leagues that still wasn't picked up. Talk about who? Let's talk about Andre Holmes, man. Big night for him. Yeah, I, I would like to talk about him. Uh, the bottom line is uh, because of Oakland's uh, injuries that they've had at wide receiver, they had to have somebody to step up. I mean, you know, it, it was it was going to be him, and that was it. Because they can't rely on the tight end, and they have to throw the ball downfield. Uh, and uh, it ended up being Holmes, and, you know, it worked out really well for them. So uh, is that a play moving forward? Well, I don't think so, but it could be because so many injuries in the uh, in the Oakland Raiders' uh, wide receiver scheme. So you never know. With the Monarius Moore out, uh, it did look like it was going to be a good Rod Streeter day. I know I used him on several uh, DraftKings lineups and daily games. But Holmes, 6'4", 210, five catches for 76 yards coming into the game, uh, two catches for 11 yards with Dallas. Uh, so, look, well, he's the guy that's going to go and get the ball, and he looked like he would go get the ball, and that's what you like to see uh, from a receiver. That's their job. So I don't know if it's going to be well, Matt McGloin the rest of the way or Terrell Pryor if he can get healthy. It looks like Matt McGloin. Yeah, it looks like Matt. And uh, but moving forward, uh, or talking about this game real quick, uh, was Rod Streeter. I mean, they they knew that Rod Streeter was going to be open, and so what happened? They started to double on Rod Streeter, and that's what led the left them open. So uh, it uh, you know it gives it gives Oakland a lot of uh, flexibility. But uh, what's going to happen with Rashad Jennings? Boy, that hurts, doesn't it? Rashad Jennings uh, has been having a great uh, time uh, with Darren McFadden being out, and he was a player. You know, we knew he was a player when he was with uh, Jacksonville, and he never really got a shot. He did, and then again, the injuries have kind of plagued his career. But, uh, yeah, Andre Holmes, let's finish with that. Seven receptions, 136 yards against his old team. Uh, we did see him get picked up in, in, in quite a few leagues uh, in the FFWC. So it'll be very interesting to see if he – contributes or makes an impact. Tonight's special guest is Michael Edelman. Incredible hulking us. You've seen the name uh, around the leagues in the NFFC, the FFPC, and now the FFWC the last uh, couple years here. And we're going to talk to Michael tonight about his chances because, Mike, if you've looked at the leaderboard, he's got a couple of teams up there. That's not easy to do. Look, David Hughes is kind of making it look easy because we've kind of gotten used to the name David Hughes over, you know, so for the for the most of this year. 
and I don't want to take this for granted. I don't think we should ever take for granted what David Hughes has done. I mean, the best players in the world are playing here at the FFWC, and David Hughes has kind of, you know, been had two teams up there at the top all year. That's right. very – I mean, it's, it's, it's darn near impossible. I would just love to have my name up near the top of one of these things one of these days. It's happened, you know, a couple of times in my life. And now David Hughes has two teams uh, and three teams. Actually, he has three uh, overall, and he's got a third team that's, that's actually 29th overall. But his top two teams have been at the very top the entire year. Glenn Lowy does come in. Finally cracks it and uh, gets up there to the top. Kimra held the, the lead early in the year. David Hughes took over. He's took over all year. And now Glenn Lowy comes in. But you can't really underestimate what he has done this year and what he still has to do. There's still work to be done. This is when the cream rises to the cop. I'm seeing a lot of big names uh, coming up. And Michael Edelman is one of them. He is now two teams in the top left. Going to be fun to talk to him, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's 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 kind of crunch time. Uh, this is this is a big week. I mean, I'm so glad that uh, the FFWC and uh, you guys are doing 13 weeks because, man, this means a lot. Because it's gonna it's gonna come down to this week, uh, knowing where you're gonna be once you go into the playoffs in weeks uh, 14, 15, and beyond. But uh, it's uh, Michael is in great shape, but uh, so is David and Glenn. So it's going to be a dogfight. This show is sponsored by FFToolbox.com, providing free fantasy sports information since 1997. A lot of people don't know FF Toolbox originally started off covering just fantasy football. They've since expanded, I should say we, have since expanded to the NFL Draft, Fantasy Baseball, NASCAR, College Football, CFL, and PGA Golf. We even aggregate news coverage for the Premier League, NBA, and NHL. Now that full-time fantasy has acquired FFToolbox.com, what happens? You mix the high-stakes pros with the, with the advanced uh, algorithms at FFToolbox and the prediction algorithms going on. FFToolbox wins the 2012 award for the most accurate draft rankings on the Internet. Over 100 websites participated. Uh, CBS, ESPN, Yahoo, all the big names. And FF Toolbox took it down. It's going to be very tough to repeat, but uh, that is something we're very proud of. And now we have the Fantasy Football World Championships to talk about. That's what we're going to do more of tonight, uh, Mike, with the waivers. We have the Roto Bowl, the Dynasty Football World Championship. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun here, a lot of stuff going on. Let's get right to it. Uh, by the way, uh, we, we did talk that Glenn Lowy took over, and since last night now David Hughes does have the lead. Glenn Lowy in second, David Hughes in third. Rich McClellan, sideline crackers, the team of Rich and Roger. Rich McClellan and Roger Gonzalez at number four. By the way, he's in the chat room. I see Code Cracker in there. Good to see you, my man. Uh, number four has a very good squad there. Uh, then Danilo Lee, Danilo's Dragons, takes the five spot. Rounding out the top ten, Michael Schlisberg, Brad Cruz. The Cruz brothers are, are not going away. They're in seventh overall. Matt Bailey. And there's Matt Bailey. Champion. Defending from last year, number eight overall, yep. John Gray, number nine, and there's Michael Edelman in 10th and 11th spot with incredible hulking us and uh, still has his guys to go. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens here, Mike. Uh, this, is, this was big, 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 big last night, Mike. DeMarco Murray, 33 points. That's, yes. that's a huge number for week 13. This could be the guy that uh, really rewards people for drafting him. And you'll notice, uh, when you look at Michael Edelman's team, uh, both of his teams, he has DeMarco in both of these teams. So, uh, again, wow. a guy that we're going to ask him, was he targeting him? He was a guy that you could get in about the third round uh, pretty much across gonna, all yeah. the leagues. 
Yeah, because uh, I've got him in the uh, in one of the rotobos, and uh, you know he just kind of fell to me, and I would like to uh, find out where uh, Michael got uh, Demarco because uh, you know it just. But that was one of those games. He almost ended up with a fourth touchdown too, and yeah. that would have been off the charts. That would have been a forty pack right there. Well, he had one taken away too, right? I mean, didn't he? I I, yeah. I think I remember. Yeah, he got one taken away. Uh, so yeah, it was a, it, and then he ended up getting it, but yeah, it's a big, or Des Bryant ended up stealing it. So yeah, it could have been a, could have been a monstrous Thanksgiving day, uh, for Norm, to Mark Moore and it, and it was already. So, um, Rotobowl, real quick update on the Rotobowl. Kenneth Tyson still leads there. Mike Santos, Coyote Streakers has taken over the two spot. Dominic LaFerriere, the fantasy QB in third. Michael Spinley fourth. George Holland fifth. The Rotobowl is our mid stakes tournament. Uh, the $279 entry fee with a $25,000 grand prize. It's kind of the training ground, so to speak, for those want, wanting yep. to jump up into the main event. If you win your league in a Roto Bowl, you, have, uh, you can take the cash or you can take the free entry into the 2013. A lot of people ask me, I, even heard, I, I was asked on Thursday morning on Sirius, you know, how do you, what's the main difference about the Fantasy Football World Championship and other leagues uh, that you might play? And, and I basically said it's, it's, it's dedication. At the end of the day, it's dedication to the hobby, Mike. A lot of people play yeah. fantasy football. Yeah. The guys and gals that you see playing at this level, at this top level, they're dedicated. They don't take a week off. They always are scouring for waivers, and they're not so easy to find. If you just look at the top of the list and the top performers, that's not going to get you. That's going to get you about 70% of the way there. If you want to get to that other 30%, you've got to do your homework. You've got to do right. your homework, and exactly. that's what these players do. Exactly right, Scott. And you know, I'm I'm lucky enough to be, uh, you know, I, I'm I, I still don't consider myself a high stakes player, but uh, I, in the mid stakes leagues, I'm I'm pretty good, and I was able to uh, do pretty good with uh, Team K Wood and the Roto Bowl. And uh, but you know, you you can't take a day off. You cannot take a day off. I mean, you got to schedule. It's like uh, okay, Monday night, this. Tuesday night, waivers. Wednesday night, waivers again. Friday, just like tonight, uh, we had to spend it. You got to spend it. If you don't spend it, uh, you're, I mean, you, you got to go ahead and uh, use the money that you have. So uh, it's just, it's constant, but it's fun constant, if that, if that makes any sense. Well, it is. It, it, again, I, I summed it up with dedication, and that's what it takes to win at this level. Uh, and when you're putting up this kind of money, you have no choice. Once you once you put up this kind of money, you have no choice but to give it your all. Otherwise, you're just you're just throwing it away. So you might as well make the most of it once you've done it. And uh, so we're gonna we're gonna talk to Michael and uh, and and get his thoughts and feedback. As a matter of fact, I think I see him in the chat room right now. Two hundred one area code. That sounds East Coast to me. Uh, Two hundred one, Mike. Is this Mike? Yes, this is Mike. How you doing, guys? Hey, Mike. How's it going? Michael Edelman, Incredible Hulking Us, joins us. And, uh, hey, good to have you on here. First time on Red vs. Blue. Hope we don't jinx you. The Red vs. Blue curse is alive and well. However, I think we put the, the kibosh to it last week, Mikey, when we uh, when Glenn Lowy yeah. was on, and then he ended up having the big week. So let's see if we can keep that rolling with Michael. I know there's always a little bit of a scare talking about your team. I'm scared to death to talk about my team on Facebook or on a message board or something. You know, the, the moment you do, you're putting kind of sealing it. So we're not going to talk as much about your team. We're going to talk about you, though, Mike, a little bit. We're just curious. We want to know, you know, a little bit. Tell, tell the world out there, the, uh, the high-stakes world that listens to this program, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, uh, so we can kind of get to know who you are. <clears throat> sure. Um, 
Um, I'm married and I have two kids, uh, three and one, two boys. Um, you know, I live in Elmwood Park, New Jersey, which is in northern New Jersey, uh, about 10 miles outside of New York City. Uh, and I'm a, a senior financial analyst uh, for a big uh, medical device company in uh, Bergen County, New Jersey. And um, pretty much... A diehard jet my... fan. No, no, no. <laughs> Giants. Giants all the way, baby. Giants um, fan. Yeah, Giants fan, yeah. Um, not this year, not doing so good, but uh, they've uh, been pretty good over the last couple of years. So you like, uh, well, Michael, real quick, uh, do you like uh, NBA, uh, college basketball, college football? Uh, outside of the NFL, what's your favorite sports? Uh, my favorite sport is actually uh, uh, baseball. I'm a, I'm a baseball enthusiast and fantasy baseball player, actually, first before football. Um, oh. So be, Baseball and football are actually my my two uh, joys, and you know I follow basketball every now and then, but I'm not I'm not that right. big. Being from the East Coast here, and um, I went to uh, to Seton Hall, and there's no football programs there, and there's no you know big huge uh, in Jersey. You know Rutgers would be the biggest program really, so I'm not really into college sports that much. Yankees so you, or Mets? Uh, yeah, I was getting ready to say the same thing, Scott. Yankees or Mets? Oh, uh, Yankees. Oh, gosh. Like, yeah. <laughs> one of, one of those. Holder. Tick, check mark on the negative side. Okay, so. Uh, <laughs> you, you are married. Does your wife watch football with you? Uh, no, she she doesn't really uh, care for football. She'll sit down and watch a baseball game every now and then. But I go down downstairs into the uh, man cave to watch all the football games. She still stay away from that. And you emerge at Sunday night, or when, when do you come out? Uh, Monday night? No, <laughs> Tuesday night? <laughs> no, uh, from Sunday at noon until pretty much Tuesday, she doesn't really see me. You know, we'll we'll you know we, we'll split up the kids and and come up and you know help her with the kids every now and then. But Sundays and Mondays, it's you know, it's I tell her you know it's uh. It's work, you know. I'm doing work. I gotta, gotta earn. Gotta watch the games for uh, prep. You know what I mean? That's right. Now, do the, people at the been, real, uh... do, do the people at your real work know that you play? Oh yeah, they know. Um, if 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 they ha- if they don't play themselves, then once they work with me, then they'll start playing. <laughs> no, we. How long we, have you we been have... playing? Uh, My, I've been I'm... playing. I've been playing for about six, sixteen or seventeen years. Um, nice, nice. Yeah. You have well, any local all... leagues that you play in that's just kind of for fun? Excuse Local leagues, is that what you said? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I have a few. I have one with, with my group of friends that, that I'm the commissioner of, and then, you know, the original league that, uh, you know, that I started with, that I stick with just because, you know, you know, that was loyalty and the league that got me into, into all this fun and games. So I have mm. – uh, two or three local leagues that I still do with a bunch of buddies. You know what, Mike? Uh, Mike Trent, you know, I think that's uh, something that I've been learning about the Fantasy Football World Championships and, and uh, you know, the Roto Bowl and the, the NFFC and FFPC, you know, all the high-stakes industry. Every player that you see here either dominated their local league or they commissioned their leagues. I mean, this this is what this is about. This is a gathering of commissioners and winners uh, at this level, you know that's what you you, you kind of find yeah. out. You don't you don't find guys that enter the the main event. Those aren't the same guys that are getting rolled 
in your home league for the most part. I mean, I do. I've seen my share. You know, I used to go to the WCOF drafts, and, and I'd see my fair share of guys with the magazines. But i got to tell you, there were no magazine guys at the World Championships in Vegas when we went out there. there it wasn't happening, not at our leaderboard. No. And Mike's a long-time no. veteran. Your first year NFFC, right, Mike? Yeah, yeah. I've been with them since the very yeah. beginning. Yeah, he, he's first year, in, in wow. first year NFFC, and I was only second year. I didn't play in their first year. I was in their second year and, and ever since. Uh, first year WCOF. Now, were you, what about the WCOF? Had you, had you played there originally, too? Yeah, I I was I was there. I wasn't there the first year. I was there the second year, and I I played there for two or three years, and then I, you know, I just didn't like where it was going, and then the NFSC had started up, so I kind of just switched allegiances at that point and just moved right. over Mike, to their game. Mike, if you don't if you don't mind me asking, uh, what what do you mean you didn't like where it was going? Uh, I just I just <laughs> I just didn't get a good feeling about it, and just hearing, you know, you know, rumblings and, and, and such. And, you know, I, they had a location. I'm on the East Coast, so they, I, you know, I wasn't in Vegas, so they had a location in Atlantic City, and I had gone there. And I, I just didn't like the way everything was being run. I thought it was very poor. And, um, you know, at, you know, you hear what was going on in Vegas, it's much different, but it just left a bad taste in my mouth. So I just finished out that right. year and then and decided to, to stop and, you know, luckily I did, and I didn't, you know, end up, you know, losing any money on the cool. deal. Yeah, that was yep. kind of the yeah, appeal. To, uh, that was kind of the appeal back in the day of NFFC. Mike and I, we'd go to Chicago and draft, you know, and that, that used to right. be so yep. much fun. And, and the fact that there's the times and everything have just gotten spread out so much that it's kind of killed that live draft environment uh, so much that I, you know, I, all the guys that we used to go up there to Chicago with don't even go anymore. So I had, Loved to, it. you know, we, we basically, I participate online, but the, the whole live draft experience, I think I only had like one draft going on or two, maybe tops. And it's just, it's, yeah. uh, that, that live draft on the East coast, I'm sure it used to get rave reviews out there in, in, in on the East coast. And I, uh, yeah, I mean, New York used to be one of the biggest, it was, it was the, from an NFSC perspective, it was even bigger than their Vegas drafts, I think. But yeah, you're right. It's been, uh, been losing luster over the past couple of years. Well, it's all it's all about Vegas now. For the most part, it's all about Vegas. So uh, hopefully, we we will see you there. Uh, now, look, I, I've I've seen the name Incredible Hulking us. I'm sure we've competed in NFFC. I don't know how many times. Uh, what? Tell me about the name here a little bit. Where does that come from? I, I gotta know. Okay. Yeah. Well, when when I first started with the uh, NFFC, um, I you know at the time it was making the jump from like a lower level league into like this high stakes league. So I didn't want to take it myself. So one of the, I, I went and did it with a partner um, who I respected and, and um, we did it for two or three years together and we did really well. And he actually had an infatuation with the incredible Hulk and he always used to have, he liked the name. Um, his personal names were always incredible hulking me. And when we were together as a team, he said, why don't we just use us? So we did, we used it, and, um, you know, we're no longer partners. It, you know, it's been five or six years, but I, since we did so well with the name, I just, it just kind of stuck, and every time someone would see me, they would say, oh, there's Hulk. So I just kind of stuck and kept the name. But uh, it was some, my friend uh, Keith actually came up with the name. It, it wasn't me. Gotcha. Yeah, I always like I always like to find out those stories about where those names come from. It's always been fascinating to me. And you know, Mike, something just hit me as I'm listening to, to Mr. Edelman here talk about his uh, 
about his name. One thing I would like to see, and I think I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go to the research team and we're gonna we're gonna knock this out. I would like to see a historical log of every head-to-head game you've ever played against an opponent or a team, and to keep a record, a log. Because what you know what I would like to do? I would like to go into my dashboard right now and pull up the games that I've played against Michael Edelman, and I'd like to be able to see. You know what what's happened in those games. You know, I would like to just I just I like the more stats, the more history, the more everything, the better for me. Because I would just spend an immense amount of time every time I got ready to play somebody. You know, I would like to just be able yeah. to pull up the backlog and say, well, who did, did I, have I played this guy before? I could swear I have. You know, that would be awesome. That'd be yeah. doable. Yeah, that'd too. Be pretty neat. Yeah. Well, we don't have a lot of hit. We've got one year under our belt. This would be second. We just pull up. Well, that'd be easy to start doing. Once you do it, you know, going back in time is a hard part of seeing if you have all that. Um, right, but that would definitely or look be at the doable. trend. Look, look at the trend. It's like okay, I'm playing Mike. Uh, it's Mike against Mike, and uh, does he normally start uh, a bunch of wide receivers, running backs? Uh, you know, what does he do? I mean, that'd be fun. I was talking to a high stakes pro who was convinced, and this is a veteran. Okay, I'm not going to bring his name up. Everybody knows his name. He is convinced that players spend the, the a similar amounts. He would go and research. He used to keep a log of the big names of players so that when he was bidding against them, he kind of would go to his log and look at their past historical bids. Now, look, that's what I'm saying. At this level, if you're going to be bidding against guys that keep logs of what you might be deciding to bid, you know, this guy normally bids 51. This guy normally bids 214. That's a hot no, that's a number of his. When he bids, he bids 214, you know. I mean, that's yeah. taking it. That's that's really analyzing it to the nth and trying to squeeze out any edge you can on these guys because I'll guarantee you most of the people in the league have no idea that somebody's doing that to them, but they are at this level. Uh, we're talking to Michael Edelman, incredible hulking us. He's our he's our guest here at uh, Red versus Blue. Mike and Scott uh, bringing uh, the high stakes world to your uh, listening pleasure every Friday night here at nine o'clock, courtesy of FFToolbox.com. Mike, uh, we've got this. Um, We've got these couple of teams here that the Fantasy Football World Championship. You've got two top teams here. I know it feels good. You also have some top teams in the NFFC Classic. I know for sure because I'm I'm uh, I'm hoping to make the playoffs in that one. They were both online drafts. They were both early drafts. The first league, Matt Bailey won from the first league last year, and it looks like you're making a run out of that first league. Is that a strategy from you? I mean, will we see you in Vegas, or is this online early draft thing? Is this important to you? No, it, it's not a strategy. Actually, it, it just happened to, to fit my schedule. Um, you know, over the years, I have my time slots kind of locked up with some of the other contests. And um, the sun, the Sunday times, both leagues I did were on Sundays. Um, for main events, were, were perfect because neither of the other contests re- really offer that. So it just kind of fit my schedule perfect. And I just slid right in and, and did the drafts. And you know, that's really the reason why I did it. Um, you know, and from a Vegas perspective, if I can get out to Vegas, I'd, I'd love to get out there. Um, it's just been, you know, I have two really little kids, and my wife and I both work, so it's really hard, you know, to kind of manage that sometimes. But I'm definitely going to try and, if I can, uh, fit it in to get out there next year for sure. Well, a lot of people are, are afraid of taking on some of the best competition, and I, I say to heck with that. Matt Bailey won it all last year, taking on the very best of the best, and so it's all about who you draft. And we're going to take a look at who you drafted in this league, Mike. Uh, DeMarco Murray was a name. I, I mentioned DeMarco Murray, and then the other name that is on both of these rosters is Josh Gordon. Uh, and, wow, what a what a week he had for you. 
uh, last Sunday. What you, would you think about Josh Gordon? And then you could talk a little bit about DeMarco Murray too. Sure. Um, yeah, Josh Gordon's been great. Um, and for sure he's, he's was one of my top targets going into all my leagues. Um, I tried to get him, uh, him and also Justin Blackman. Those were the two guys I was kind of looking to get one or both if I could, um, you know, they're highly explosive players. They just, and they were at a discount because of the suspension. So, you know, when you're going to get into weeks 14, 15, and 16, you want to put up points. Those are the type of players you want. So I definitely were, was targeting them. Um, DeMarco Murray, on the other hand, I wasn't necessarily targeting him. It just kind of felt uh, that's what I thought I had to do at that point in time. Um, you know, he was, you know, a former first-round pick, you know, sliding because of injury. And really the main reason I took him is because I did a couple of Roto Bowl drafts early just to kind of get a feel for the format and how the players were sliding. And I just felt that I needed to make sure I had at least two running backs in my first three or three running backs in my first six because with that 11th roster spot, just I felt like I needed it. And when I was up in the third round, uh, Murray to me was, was the best guy left. And that's the main reason why I took him. <laughs> well, Mike, uh, real quick, let me talk to you about uh, when when did you go for your quarterback? Uh, because, uh, let's face it, uh, I'm kind of going through the uh, same thing that you were talking about, uh, different players sliding. And uh, mm-hmm. so uh, what round did you uh, go ahead and uh, decide to pull the trigger on the quarterback? I kind of I kind of let – with the quarterback, I kind of let the draft kind of come to me, and I was just waiting. I kind of – like the whole QB 12, I, I, I was – this year I kind of draft 12 level, or especially in this contest where it's only four points for the passing touchdown. And I was okay, you know, if, if I had to end up with Vic. So, I actually, I think – I'm trying to remember, but in, in on my first team, I think I got Brady in the 10th round, which I thought was really good. 9-1. And, um, Nine one, okay. So nine one, and then in the other one, I took Kaepernick. I think around the same spot. It was either yep, ten, the eighth ten or ninth four. round. Ten four. Okay, ten four. And that was really late. I mean, I just kept you know fading it as long as I could um, because I wanted to acquire as much depth as possible. You know, being that you needed the extra starting spot here, and uh, and you know, so I, I waited a little bit. I was okay with it this year. Well, you know what, that that goes to show moving forward that, uh, you know, those quarterbacks, you can just wait, wait, wait all you want and, uh, you know, just get your position players in line and uh, and and go go forward from that. Yeah, yeah I a think lot of, it works both I think it works both ways. You know, it just depends what, 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 which guys you're drafting. Right. Michael Edelman's our guest. You took Tom Brady uh, in front of some names like Robert Griffin III, Matt Ryan, Andrew Luck, Colin Kaepernick, Matt Stafford, and Tony Romo. A lot of people were down on Brady, but the ninth round, that seems like pretty good value to me. Yeah, I, in the preseason, I actually I took the opposite approach of everyone on Brady, and I kind of said to myself, you know what, I'm not going to throw in the towel on him. Uh, I think he's going to be okay. And, you know, for most of the year, I was looking pretty bad with that decision. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping right now, like going forward, it looks like he may have turned the corner and, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to guess that most teams that have Brady, I'm hoping are not going to be advancing to, to the championship round. So it could be an advantage if he kind of blows up in the, the, the championship round weeks. 
So we'll see how that goes. I'm also going to bring something up, and I don't want it to be a sore subject at all, because I'll tell you what, I've seen a lot of, of the best players in the world that had at some point in this year had Keenan Allen on their roster. And you had the foresight enough to take Keenan Allen in the 16th round of the of the draft, which, again, not a lot of people were drafting Keenan Allen uh, at all, if, if even there. So you took the rookie, uh, but then you dropped him. And that happened to so many teams. I've seen so many big names picked him up, dropped him, oh, picked him up again, dropped him. Uh, you you were in on you were in on the Keenan Allen show, but the patience kind of wore thin for you. Yeah, uh, you know, at the end of the drafts, especially here, I'm just looking for guys that have like the talent to be a really good upside player, and I saw that in him. That's why I picked him. But you're right, I just I just decided to throw in the towel after a couple of weeks, and and then I wasn't able to reacquire him. But you know, too bad I don't have him anymore. And uh, sometimes yeah. that's what happens, you know, when you're as active, you have to be extremely active on the on the waiver wire here, and sometimes you just you miss someone after after a while, and that, that's yeah. what happened in that scenario. And you picked up Doug Martin for 206, ended up cutting bait on him. Uh, that those are the kinds of flyers that you kind of have to be willing to you have to you have to weigh the pros and the cons there. But I, as I'm looking at the rest of your squad here in the in the waiver moves, you picked up yeah the Riley Cooper and 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 cut him. Uh, before the big breakouts, as I'm looking at the roster, this is pretty much a draft-led team here. Your draft was uh, the Sean Moreno pick can't be understated here. You took Sean Moreno in the 13th. I, it looks like he's avoided the scare. You also drafted Michael Bush in the 12th, who may get a chance to contribute here down the stretch for you. For the most part, the draft was the draft, and it's held up pretty good so far, you know, as we sit here in week 13. Yeah, I mean this this team from a you know you know I lost Murray for a couple of weeks, Sproles for a week here or there, but uh, yeah, most of my draft is intact. Um, and uh, getting Noshan in the 13th round really solidified the team. Um, you know I have extreme depth, and you know I have to I can't play every week. On a normal week, I'm not playing Cecil Shorts. I mean he's on my bench. You know m- most teams are, would play a player like that, so. You know, I really like the depth on this team, and you know, hopefully everyone can stay healthy and uh, we can see where it goes. Uh, incredible the, hoping uh, us, Michael Edelman. Go ahead, Mikey. Yeah, uh, real quick, Mike and uh, Scott, what's the status on uh, No Sean right now? Looks like he is gonna. Looks like he is a, a full go. I mean, I th- we we were waiting for uh, for practice, but he's on track to play. He's a full participant in Friday practice. So, and uh, he he does he looks to go you know he, he would use, he was using crutches you know earlier this week so the fact that he's ready to go and a full participant in practice i'm ready to go with him too what about you mike yep yeah i'm 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 pretty surprised actually that he's playing um you know he didn't look good he did come back in the game but he looked like he was hurt pretty bad there for a minute oh. uh I, i'm still not sure what i'm gonna do with him yet i'm not sure how comfortable i am i mean he didn't he didn't do so well against the chiefs last time he only he averaged under three yards to carry you know they're going to be cautious with him this week. And I do have another option on this team with Shorts, even though he's up against Hayden. So i got to weigh my options there. I'm still not 100% sure what I'm going to do with Noshan yet. But I am happy, I guess, that, that he uh, he's okay. Uh, you know, I want him for the stretch run. So, we'll, you know, we'll see oh, how that. Running backs have rushed for over 100 yards and produced at least 23 fantasy points in each of the last three games against the Chiefs while averaging 27 points per game 
550 total yards and five touchdowns in that span the last three games. Pretty impressive uh, against the Chiefs right now. I don't know what's going on. Obviously, injuries are taking their toll on the Chiefs. This is a must-win game for really both teams when you look at it. They both really want to win this game. It will probably mean the division. Uh, very, very good chance of that. So, well, uh, the bottom, go ahead, Mike. Real, real quick, the bottom line, Scott, is uh, the Chiefs had a soft schedule to begin with, and now they're getting, they're getting into the meeting schedule and they're finding uh, tough waters. Uh, Mike, real quick, before we get into the Week 13 uh, research here for the for the people listening at home and to answer some of these questions coming in. Both of your teams uh, are, are pretty much loaded for bear here at the end. Is there a team that you think you like a little bit better, and, and why? Yeah, uh, the team we were just discussing, my first team, um, I, I think is definitely uh, better suited right now because most of the team's intact. Uh, you know, six weeks ago, I would have told you my other team was better, but I had Julio Jones there that I lost, and I had Justin Blackman there that I lost. So that team's kind of hanging on by a thread. Um, I, so I'm not really um, thinking that team can do any damage in the championship. So, uh, you know, my, my team won that, that's, you know, led by Brady and AP. Uh, hopefully uh, that team can uh, can do some damage. Well, well, I'll run that team by the listeners so they know at home. This is a quarterback uh, group of Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, so he has some good options there. That's an interesting one. We're going we're gonna to ask you who you're going to start there. Uh, no Sean Moreno, DeMarco Murray, Adrian Peterson – led by those three. He also backed up Adrian Peterson with Gerhardt. He has Michael Bush, just in case. He's held on to him all year. And Darren Sproles with a very high pick. He's hung on to him and hoping that he gets back, I'm sure. Wide receivers, Antonio Brown, Josh Gordon, Jordy Nelson, Cecil Shorts, and Greg Little. Tight ends, Greg Olson picked up Joe Foria. I was wondering if you were going to back up that tight end for this uh, for this stretch run. You got Joe Foria. Uh, Dan Bailey, Nick Folk, Bengals, Dolphins, and Rams. Three defenses. Talk about that for a second. Any strategy there? What, what's the deal with the three defenses? Is is that matchup oriented through the for the stretch run? Yeah, I, I'm just. I was just looking to play matchups. Uh, I had the two, and you know, I wanted to. I have a little lead in points in this league this week, but you know, I, the Dolph, with the Dolphins playing the Jets, and I didn't really like the matchups of the other two. So the Dolphins are really a one week play. Um, that's why I have them, and I'm just kind of just trying to play play the matchups there. And yeah, you know, it, it hurt me to have to uh, pick up Foria tonight, um, but I, I needed to get some insurance. I can't I can't take a chance that I, I get the zeros from a tight end if God forbid anything happens to Olson. So. Yeah, got it. Got to hey, back Mike, him up. Hey, you Mike. backed up your kicker, your quarterback, and your tight end. That's that's a good deal. Mike, go ahead. What's your question? Yeah, yeah. Real quick, did you leave any money on the table? I don't think I did. There might be a few dollars left over, but uh, I think I tried <laughs> to spend it all. Yeah, throw that, it in that the, was kind of fun for me. I mean, just I, I didn't want to leave anything on the table just to, you know, I, I was going after Fozzie Whitaker. It doesn't matter. I mean, I, I want to grab somebody and uh, go with them. Yeah, no, I tried to do that. I tried to make sure I spent every last dollar if I could. It's amazing. He has two teams here. They're within two points of each other at this level. 1,929 points, 1,931 points. That's some, uh, that's some crazy. We'll definitely want to talk uh, at some point. I want to get into the minds of these high-stakes guys and figure out what they do to prepare for their draft. I can't believe it's just about gut feel. There's got to be – that's the stuff. That's the secret sauce that I want to expose the world to 
is the world of these high-stakes guys and gals and what they're doing to prepare for drafts, in drafts, during waivers, the whole shebang. I think we have a platform to do it. Uh, we're going to do our best to, to uh, dig into the minds a little bit. So let's, let's, uh, let's finish off real quick before we get into week 13. Final question here. Uh, what would you do if you won the 150 grand and you became the fantasy football world champion? Well, the first thing I would have to do is, is I have to buy my wife something special for uh, putting up with me. For all keep this mama stuff. happy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Got to keep her happy so I can keep keep going at it, right? Uh, outside of that, you know, I definitely would make sure I would be out in Vegas next year. And then I just, you know, put the money away. Yes, sir. For my kids. You know, that's, that's, that's what it's all about. Oh, you're coming. You're coming to Vegas next year. You got a chance <laughs> to, 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 to dominate both of these leagues, uh, the Dominator Prize, $10,000 in each week in each league. Uh, do you think that's the right call for us as a contest? Do you think that's the, the a, a, a marketable and fair way to go, or do you think that it should be spread out a little bit, redistribute that wealth a little bit? No, I actually like it, and that kind of was uh, one of the carrots that got me to take the second team, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I really I like the way you have it structured. I mean, if you dominate the league, you can win it after 13, you get the 10K. If you're in a really competitive league, you know, you have up to four different teams that, that can win money. And, um, you know, I don't. I think you're the only contest that, can, that has it set up that way. And, um, you know, I, really, I, no, I actually really like the way you have it set up right now. And then we also have the uh, the 11-man starting lineup. We'll save those questions for, for another day. Let's talk about Let's get into the Week 13 action with Michael Edelman and answer some of the questions. Some in the chat room here real quick. I want to get, uh, get some answers for some of the guys that have been waiting patiently in the chat room. Uh, urinal Mint, Buffalo defense versus Atlanta or Giants defense versus Washington? Mr. Edelman, I'll give that one to you. I think I'd roll with Buffalo. I mean, their defense is playing pretty good right now. I'm a Giants fan, and uh, their defense has been playing good. Um, I don't know. I just I feel like this is a typical Giant letdown game coming. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, it could be a high-scoring affair on Sunday night. Mike, what, what about you, bud? Yeah, Buffalo, uh, I like Buffalo's defense. Atlanta's folding up like a house of cards. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see uh, Buffalo just do what they need to do when they want to do. So, uh, you know, I like I, I like Buffalo's defense in this game. All right, and then the other question, a tough wide receiver three question. This is a, this is a, uh, a desperation play here. Marquise Goodwin or Justin Hunter, a, a hot name right now. Michael? Uh, well, I think Stevie Johnson and Robert Woods are both supposed to be back this week. So yep. with that, I'd probably have to go with Justin Hunter. Uh, he showed some upside la- uh, last week, so I-, I think I'd be more comfortable with him. Yeah, yeah. I-, I like Hunter. I like Hunter as well. Uh, over under is 45 in that game. Uh, but the over under in the uh, Atlanta Buffalo game is 46 and a half. Uh, that that kid from uh, Buffalo, I mean, he's a speedster, but I'd rather go with the uh, one that's proven and, well, somewhat proven, and I, I'll go Justin Hunter. Hunter caught all six of his targets for a career-high 109 yards and a score in Week 12, had zero against the Colts in Week 11, but we just saw Michael Floyd light him up for 100 yards uh, in Week 12, so I think I would also go Justin Hunter. I really like this kid for a dynasty perspective. You play dynasty at all, Mike? 
I do not. I think that's okay. for the for the amount of uh, leagues I'm involved with Dynasty is just way too much for me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, in the dynasty leagues, I, I I don't know. I think I got twelve or thirteen now under my belt. And it's, uh, it's it's um, one of those guys that I've really had on my radar. He's got uh, Randy Moss type size, and he's got uh, Mike Wallace type speed. This thing, if it comes together, and I think I like Fitzpatrick a little bit better uh, for this offense than Jake Locker. It's surprising because I was kind of high on Locker, but from what I've seen, I've just kind of done a three sixty or a one eighty here and kind of changed my mind. I think Fitzpatrick. He fits this offense pretty well. So let's get into week uh, 13 with Michael Edelman. Riley Cooper or Deshaun Jackson this week? This is an Eagles-Cardinals game. Everybody kind of knows when you play the Cardinals, you've got a tough matchup on your hands for if you're a wide receiver uh, with Patrick Peterson there. So uh, talk about uh, what, what would you prefer there? If you had them both, Riley Cooper and DJX, you only had one spot, what would you do with it? Yeah, that's that's a. I was thinking about that. that's a pretty tough call. I mean, luckily I have Nick Foles, so hopefully they both do well. But um, considering that, I'm I'm gonna assume Deshaun's gonna see a lot of Patrick Peterson, and uh, pretty much every game Foles has started, he's hit Riley Cooper for a long touchdown. I think I would be more comfortable with Riley Cooper in this game. Well, Mike, you, you have know an opinion? what? I gotta agree, I gotta agree. I gotta agree again. Uh, Nick Bowles and uh, Riley Cooper, they seem to, uh, it's like, you know, walk hand in hand. It just makes sense. Uh, the old run of this game is uh, 48 and a half. But the bottom line, I'll tell you right now, Arizona is a tough defense, yeah. tough uh, secondary defense. And it's going to be, you know, I don't know if they're going to be able to get that long ball to Riley Cooper. I don't know if it's going to happen, but – if I have to start a guy in that situation, I'm going with Riley Cooper. You know, there's two guys uh, guy that I'm very impressed with on Arizona right now. Just just watching the last couple of games here, it's Rashard Mendenhall and Carson Palmer. Yep. Both of these yep. guys, I, I, I'll tell you what, you know, from, from completely off my radar to looking at them and saying, what's going on? Uh, was there a speech sometime at halftime that just woke them up? Or was... Okay, the toe might have been the issue for Mendenhall, that it could have made that big of a difference because he looks he looks nice. He looks quick out there. Yeah. He looks like he's got some burst to the line. And then Palmer is making the throws, and he's looking comfortable in the pocket, and all season long has been nothing but the opposite of that. Uh, well, so, what, very what, impressed. What's made, a, what's made a difference real quick, Scott, uh, is uh, Robert Hausler. It's funny and it's crazy to think that a tight end, a big burly tight end, can make all that difference. Well, you know when he gets open, that that just creates all kind of uh, you know craziness in the in the uh, secondary. Now they don't know who to cover. Is it Hauser? Is it Fitz? Is it the uh, my receivers running back coming out of the backfield? You never know. I want to give a shout-out to everybody in the chat room here. Two Packer, welcome, Brothers Mayhem, Cocktails and Dreams, Code Cracker, Henry Muto, IPS Driver, Urinal Mint. Uh, thank you for being in the chat room tonight. And if you, uh, if you want to catch the podcast later uh, through uh, your iPod or MP3 player, you can always download that. Uh, but you're right about Rob Hauser, 50-plus yards receiving for the last five games, been a top-12 tight end two of the last three games. This is what we – what the coaching staff expected from this guy when they're throwing around the words like, you know, uh, Jimmy Graham, when they're throwing around those comparisons to Rob Hausler, it kind of made me perk my ears up a little bit yeah. and say, what do I got? What do we, what do we have here? And we didn't see much uh, with the injuries, but now we're starting to see a little bit of something going on. I, I'm real intrigued by this whole Patrick Peterson, Deshaun Jackson battle. I think it's going to be a great, 
battle here. Have Peterson is just so good. I don't think we give him enough credit. Uh, only Calvin Johnson and Andre Johnson have scored on him this year. And uh, T.Y. Hilton, he held him to, what, 30, 40 yards here? So it'll be interesting to see because D.J.'s been pretty hot, 80 yards receiving, three straight games, two touchdowns during that span. It'll be interesting to see if he's able to shut him down. Look, D.J.'s and Vincent Jackson, both these guys, they only need to get loose for one catch. One catch and you're toast for, you know, and you got 13, 14 fantasy points. So they're very difficult players to bench. But I've heard, I've heard both their names this week floated around in conversations about being benched. D.J.'s and V.J.'s. Very hard, and I don't know if I could. I don't. I, I could not bench Vincent Jackson probably under any circumstances, regardless of who he's uh, matched up with. So uh, let's talk about an easier game for us to handicap a little bit, fellas. Jaguars at the Browns doesn't look like there's a lot of fantasy appeal on this game, but a lot of us do have Cecil Shorts, and he's matched up with another great corner in Joe Hayden. Uh, we saw what Antonio Brown did, and Cecil Shorts kind of reminds me of Browns in some regards. Uh, Antonio Brown was pretty much unstoppable in that game uh, against Cleveland. He's kind of matchup proof now. What do you think about Cecil Shorts, Michael, uh, with this matchup with Joe Hayden? Well, I, I don't like it, uh, that's for sure. Um, yeah. I think the, the big difference between uh, Shorts and Brown is Brown has Roethlisberger thrown on the ball and Shorts has Chad Henney. Um, you know, Joe Hayden's been shutting down. He's been shutting down pretty much everybody. Brown was one of the few who got out on him. I have shorts on a few teams. I, I already benched him on my classic team for, for Rod Streeter, which, you know, Streeter didn't really come through for me, but that's another thing. But I, I, if I have another option that I, I'm confident I can get at least 10 points from, I, I think I would bench shorts. Man, do I do I miss Justin Blackman? Jeez, I had him in so many leagues. I and I think you had him so did too, I. didn't you, Michael? I, oh. oh, I had him all over the place. Oh, do I miss this guy? Um, we have Mike Brown back. We've got Ace Sanders there. It's gonna kind of talk, make that a toss up of, as to who gets those looks if they don't throw to Cecil Shorts. Jordan Cameron also. I don't want to leave him uncovered here because Jordan Cameron has been a uh, colossal, pretty much disappointment since the uh, since the uh, injury to Brian Hoyer. Uh, he's had his games, but it's been kind of hit and miss. But this might be the week that he gets things back on track, Michael. Yeah, I, I think this is a good week for him. I mean, I think last week he uh, he had ten targets. Um, Jacksonville's been really bad versus the tight end recently, and uh, I think I think I mean you can't bench Jordan Cameron unless you you have him paired with. Like uh, Thomas or or Gonzalez or, or something like that, where you can have another tight end that you can consider. Most guys who own Cameron are playing him, um, so I, I think you definitely would play him this week. You like Olson? You like Olson more, right? Uh, no. I, going into the season, I liked Olson more, and I probably for the remainder I might like him more. But for this week's matchup, if I had to choose between the two. I mean, Jack, I mean, I like the Jacksonville matchup. So, and with Whedon yeah. back, uh, he had the targets last week. He just didn't come through. So, I, I might roll the dice on Cameron this week overall. Yeah, with the with the injuries to these Carolina backs, I'm kind of thinking that uh, Olsen might uh, get a little bit more work uh, than normal. Mikey, let's move this conversation to the Colts game. Uh, we don't know what to think of the Colts here lately. This is the Titans at the Colts, uh, and I want to ask both of you, Mike Trent. We'll start with you, Donald Brown. We thought. He, uh, he looked fantastic. Then last week, he didn't really get much work at all. 
against the Cardinals. It kind of got the, the game plan kind of got switched, and it was all T-Rich, 40 snaps. Uh, Donald Brown didn't get many at all. Uh, so what do you think about uh, Donald Brown this week? I'll start with you, Mike Trent. Did we lose, Mikey? He's still there. Let's see. Mike Trent, one last time. Can you hear me? Y'all, we can Hello? hear you now. We can hear you now. That's okay. He, he needs a new phone. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, it's kind of a uh, schizophrenic situation with Donald Brown. Uh, you know, I would be scared to start Donald Brown, but I would love to start, uh, like, T.Y. Hilton. Uh, but uh, Donald Brown, that scares me. That, that whole situation scares me with Donald Brown uh, because it's just – one week good, one week bad. One week good, one week bad. And I don't mean that by bad because it's just the way the uh, defensive schemes and uh, the offensive schemes are uh, going about it. The over under of this game is 45, which for a Colts game is kind of low. So I, I, I honestly see them, I see them going passing more than running. Mike, what about you? Well, I, you know, I've I've pretty much given up on Trent Richardson. Um, you know what a waste he is. But uh, you know, Brown Brown when he's on the field, he he looks pretty good this year. Um, you know, would I trust him in a game? I I don't know. I mean, I guess it would really depend on what the other options are. Would I trust him over Trent Richardson? Absolutely. I mean, if I had to choose between those two, it's not Trent that I'm starting. So it's it, it it's a hard decision. I guess it would really depend on on what the options are. Well, let's just. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what I think because I'm. I, I I have a couple of teams where I'm going to start Donald Brown this week, and it all comes down to history with a player. You can always. One of the things about FF Toolbox, you can you can use our rankings and you can click the name and you can look at head-to-head matchups, so you can see where a player has faced this defense before and what he's done against them, and what that will reveal is a domination by Donald Brown when he plays the Titans. Uh, he obviously, you saw what he did uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Went 14 for 80 and two in uh, just a just just recently looked fantastic. In 2012, his second best game of the season came against the Titans. He went 14 for 80. In 2011, his best game by far was against the Titans when he went 16 for 160 and one. He has a knack for rolling up the Titans, and I think the Colts obviously by now they know that. Their, uh, their offensive line matches up very well against their defensive front that, that, that comes to the house. So if you're looking for a flex uh, option and you're hurting at running back for whatever reason, I think you, you need to give uh, old Donald Brown, put him, put him back in the lineup. Even though he only got 16 snaps last week, I think they know, the Colts know what to do uh, in this situation. Uh, six minutes left to go in the program here. We might run a little bit over. We do have it uh, set up to run a little bit over because I don't want to be rushed with these uh, – with these last uh, few points here. Tom Brady. We want to talk about Tom Brady. We've got uh, this this Patriots game, Michael, uh, that uh, I'm sure you're all familiar with the Patriots living where you do. It's at the Texans. They've been kind of falling apart. The whole team is, has uh, sort of fallen apart here uh, in all regards. And, look, you got Dobson is now ruled out. Gronk is questionable. So the, the, the receiving core is back to Edelman, Amendola, and Tompkins. What do you think of Brady with uh, with the injuries? If if Gronk doesn't play, let me just ask you that. You mentioned Brady. Doesn't play, then yes, probably. I mean, since I have Rivers, then yeah, I'd probably flip it. But I, I mean, I I gotta think Gronk's gonna play. 
And then we have Dobson that's out. So then, you know, I don't know how many questions I've taken from uh, players and uh, readers and uh, people on Twitter about the wide receiver, which wide receiver to start in New England, because everybody's who do I start always includes a wide receiver from New England. It's like you either have you either have uh, Tompkins or you have Edelman or you have Amendola, and you're asking if you should start. And it's like you just don't know what you're going to get with uh, the Patriots wide receivers. What are your thoughts on on the on those guys? Yeah, I mean, I pretty much have the same conclusion. You know, you're gonna, Gronk's going to get his, Vereen's going to get his. The rest of the guys, they're kind of, every week it's going to change, I feel like. You know, last week it was Edelman. This week it could be Amendola. You know, I, I've, I've been riding Amendola all year when he's been healthy. I, I've, I, it's just too hard at this point to make the decision, you know. If you have to go with the Patriot, go with him. If not, if you have another option, you know, it, it, it's hard. You know, I think Brady's going to get his. It's just a matter of on that given week. Whatever the matchup that they can exploit the best, that's who's going to get the ball. I'm a little worried that Gronk didn't wasn't a full participant in practice the entire week. He had all week to get healthy or at least get a practice in. Are you telling me that you're too worried he's going to get re-injured in practice and he and he's limited all week? I, I it's almost like my rule of thumb that I just don't want to ever play somebody that doesn't get a full practice in before the game starts. Uh, I yeah, I mean that's scary. I mean it, that doesn't normally bother me when it's someone of. of you know, Bronx Ilk, that would that would be you know that any uh, player look, like that. But I'm I'm gonna cut to the chase real quick with this New England Texas uh, Houston Texans game. Houston is bad. They're really bad. I mean, they really are bad. Uh, I think New England is gonna have a lot of fun. They'll do whatever they want. I think Brady to Gronk. I think uh, Vereen. There's gonna be a lot of. Uh, a lot of options there for uh, New England. Uh, when you're talking about uh, was Brady against uh, Philip Rivers, maybe was that the question, Scott? Yeah, originally? yeah that's, that, those are, those are okay. Michael's two quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, you know, Philip Rivers is gonna. I mean, he 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 might do well, but I would I would take Brady, even though he's had a, he's had a subpar year this year. I would take Brady ahead of Philip Rivers going against the Cincinnati defense. Oh, Rivers, you know what? Rivers looked phenomenal when he uh, dismantled the Chiefs this past week. He just looked so fiery the out there. He's always been fiery, but, but he looked absolutely Chiefs. fantastic. It's the Chiefs, uh, yeah. though. Yeah, you're, you're right. The Bengals, look, the Bengals have allowed three touchdowns passing in the last four games. No quarterback has topped 14 fantasy points against them, but I, I just don't like to get overanalyzed with uh, stats. I don't. I don't like to get uh, too stat heavy here. And look, I mean, Brady looks like he has it. He looks like he has it, and it's back. You know, so I don't want to get too concerned with Brady. But uh, like, like Mike said, if if uh, if Gronk is out, he won't. Uh, he won't play him. I'm just not. I'm just not sold on Gronk uh, being a hundred percent or playing the playing in full. I mean, look, even on limited snaps, he's kind of like a Jimmy Graham. You know, you gotta you gotta put Graham uh, Gronk in uh, if he's even limited. But uh, not but, but, not sold. But, but look, but look at the Houston Texans. I mean, what kind of team is this? I mean, this is a team of J.J. Watt and who else? They have no identity whatsoever. Well, let's talk about the offense then. Uh, do you trust Dennis Johnson if he's given the opportunity? Look, I don't like 
I don't trust Ben Tate at all with these ribs. I know the coach keeps saying, no. oh, he's our guy. But I've watched both of these guys in action. I've watched Ben Tate and Dennis Johnson, and I like what I see from Dennis Johnson. Mr. Edelman, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, he looks good. I, I feel like if you give a healthy running back the, all the carries in that system, they're going to do well, whether it's, you know, Tate seems to be injured, it's just Dennis Johnson, Foster, whoever it is, they always seem to produce. So if if they decide to give him the ball this week, then, yeah, I, I would be more than comfortable playing him. It's just a matter of trying to figure out what the heck they're going to do. All right, we have a we have a Twitter question for Michael real quick. Uh, Pooh, Pooh82297, he wants to know, Panthers D, um, well, he's got Panthers D against the Buccaneers, no Charles Johnson, or the Patriots D against these Texans. Let's start with that. I I think I would ride with the Carolina D. They've been playing pretty good. And, uh, yeah. The, you know, Houston hasn't been playing well, but their offense can still put up points every now and then. So you never know if, if uh, Andre Johnson and Keenum will hook up a couple times. I'd, I'd go yeah. with Carolina. And we have one yeah, what... question uh, on PPR. PPR uh, start wide receiver question. Two of your guys, Hakeem Nix, Reuben Randall or Stevie Johnson? Start one. Start one, yep. He only needs one, it looks like. I'll go next. Hmm. <laughs> I'd probably, go, probably go Randall. You know I've got the chalkboard right here behind me, and I've got it, and I'm going to put up another one. Here we go. Okay, uh, that makes... Nick's has not scored in 13 straight games. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, and he's been below six fantasy points in six of his last eight. This is a good matchup, but he yeah, is but not they, they haven't played Washington. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. I, he is I, not I, I love the team, Nick's. He, he's, he was, I'd say he was, one of my favorite Giants. But this whole stuff that's going on this year, there's something behind the scenes going on there. You know, being in the area and being a Giant fan, the whole thing that happened last week with him and Coughlin. Something just doesn't smell right there. So he's either going to come out this week and he's going to have a great game or he's going to come out this week and do nothing as he's been doing all year. So I can't, I I just can't recommend to start him. And last question about the Giants. Were you on, were you on the uh, David Wilson hype machine? Because I was. Were were you there with me? No, no, I wasn't. (laughs) You weren't? No, because I saw how they treated him last year. I got to ask you. Uh, so you you weren't pumped up about drafting him in the first round uh, this year, you know, getting on him? No, I was drafting Andre Brown in every league until he got hurt. <laughs> okay, and I wish we we, well, we should have talked. We should have talked to Michael before yeah. the dang thing started, man. That would have got uh, that right. Oh boy, <laughs> you know, I was I was feeling so good about my star backfield that I was able to land with, uh, you know, David Wilson and uh, Lamar Miller. I thought I was just going to take it to the house, you know. And and that team, that team, by the way, that's a primetime team that has Peyton Manning, Calvin Johnson, and uh, Andre Johnson. I thought, I was like, man, you got those two running backs with these guys. Oh, it's going to be so good. Scott, do you got a second to talk about a couple of your teams that, that you have? Oh, you know what? I mean, I've got, I've got four NFFC teams. I got two primetimes, two classics. I've got uh, I'm I'm set to make the playoffs as second place in one of the NFFC classics. The other classic and one of the prime times they're both up in the air with this week. I'm trying to chase down a guy named Schroeder. 
Uh, he's up there. And I'm, yeah, I'm, try, I'm trying, trying to trying to get there. He's 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 up up near the top. And I've so so let's do let's do rapid fire. And we're going to close the show with Mr. Michael Edelman. Rapid fire is a fun right. little segment. It's kind of uh it's kind of our quick way to end the show. Uh, just give me the first name that pops into your mind. No analysis necessary. Okay, you ready? Okay. All right, let's play. Lamar Miller or Dennis Johnson? Start one. Lamar Miller. Ooh, Lamar Miller. Uh, Mikey? Dennis Johnson. All right. Bigger game this week. San Francisco 49ers. Anquan Bolden or Vernon Davis? Bolden. Davis. Man, Bolden looks so good last week. Jeez, Crabtree's playing. Crabtree's playing, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Two upstart running backs that looked so fantastic earlier this year, uh, all this year. Zach Stacy or no Sean Moreno, if you had to choose one. Stacy. Oh, I would go with Stacy because of uh, Moreno's injury. Yep. I don't know who. You have to start them both, hopefully, if you have them. Are they first rounders next year in uh, fantasy draft? Zach Stacy or no Sean Moreno? No way. No way. I don't think there's no, a chance no, on that. No, 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 no. Falcons at Bills. We have C.J. Spiller uh, playing the Falcons, and this is a this is a game uh, just north of the border. There is this a C.J. Spiller bounce back game, Michael? Well, if he's going to have one, let's hope it's this week. Uh, I'm not a big C.J. Spiller guy, but Atlanta's been pretty bad against the run, and. It sounds like coming off the bye that Spiller's saying he's healthy. So um, I, I would say, yes, he should have it bounce back this week. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, I agree with I agree with Mike. <laughs> you know, I, I think I think he's going to have a big game this week, and uh, he's going to be more explosive out of the backfield than you would think. Falcons have allowed 100 yards rushing and 150 total yards to running back in five straight games. Broncos at the Chiefs. Who wins and why? Uh, I would say uh, Denver wins. Um, they kind of they just got humiliated by Mr. Brady, and Peyton is going to be out to lock up the division and win. And then the Chiefs, they're, they're just not on the same level. I think Denver takes it. And Mike, uh, Kansas City wins. Kansas City wins because Denver just got punked, and Kansas City is going to win because Jamal Charles. Is going to make sure that they win. Alex Smith is going to do game management, but Jamal Charles will be a huge factor in that game. Denver is they're a great they're a good team, but not a great team. I like Kansas City. I like Jamal Charles. And that's it's amazing how fast my opinion can change on a team. And in the second half of the Patriots game, my opinion changed about the Denver Broncos. It's crazy how fast one game could change. It almost looked like they turned into the predictable Denver Broncos and the predictable Peyton yep. Manning. And the little curl route, they, uh, you know, the little uh, the route where Demarius, they hike the ball and Demarius catches it and they screen pass for Demarius to go around. It's like, that play's not going to work, guys. We've already seen that from Demarius. It's happened before. It's not going to work again. It, it just seemed like everything's kind of, uh, I don't know. I felt really bad. There's, I've got this vibe. And that ankle, they keep showing the close-up of that ankle, that taped-up ankle for Peyton. I'm... I'm worried sick for guys like uh, Mr. Hughes who have uh, Peyton. I don't know. Why, why am I worried about him? He's the lucky one. He's got all those bumps. Uh Okay, Saints and the Hawks. Who wins and why? Another big game, Monday night. Uh, I think it's going to be a good game. Um, 
I'm, I'd like to see the Saints win, but the Seahawks just don't lose at home. Uh, they have a great home field advantage. Uh, the Saints couldn't win up there when they were playing against a bad Seahawks team, so I'm going to say I'm going to say the Hawks are going to win and uh, lock up that number one seed. Well, I'm going to go against you, Mike. Uh, again, <laughs> we we were on the same side a lot of these picks, but I like New Orleans in this game. Uh, Seattle, uh, they have some decisions that they need to make, and as far as their secondary, and I think Drew Brees is going to uh, be able to. Uh, Expedite those things. I mean, I like uh, I like New Orleans. The line is five and a half and forty-seven. Give me New Orleans plus five and a half, but give me New Orleans on the money line. Yeah, I wonder how that uh, this this uh, these injuries to the Seahawks secondary. I wonder if it's gonna and 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 the, and the suspensions <laughs> to the to the Seahawks yeah. secondary. I wonder if that's not gonna take its toll. You know, the Seahawks have been such an automatic lock start for your defense for so long. No. Uh, only one defense is top 10 fantasy points this year against the Saints. It's going to be interesting to see what they can pull off on Monday night and see if they can make this thing uh, make this thing continue to roll. Uh, Mike, the last question, uh, I'm going to throw one bonus question at you. Percy Harvin, uh, obviously he was back before the bye in limited duty. He has the bye. Supposed to play a full slate of snaps for the first time this year. I'm going to give you over-under on fantasy points for Percy Harvin, 15. Mm. I'll say under. Yeah, Mike, you know what? I'm not a big Harvin guy. You know what? If a guy tells me under 15 and he expects under 15, it's it's he's telling me not to start him because I got to get 15 out of every guy that I put in the lineup. Isn't that the way you exactly. do it, Mike? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yep. I, in a situation like this, I, it's kind of like you have to be either. In my, the way I look at it is, you have to be. I, I want to see him do it first, so I'm willing to sacrifice the first game that he's going to blow up to get it going forward. But this is a really tough week to do it because this is your last chance to get into the playoffs. So, you know, it depends. It, uh, everything depends. You know, if you're in a spot where you need the, where you need points and you need the upside play, then you play them. If you're in the, if you're in a spot where you just need a solid 10 to 12 to points, then maybe you look to another direction because you don't know. He could get nothing. He could get 25. I don't know how he's going to be in that offense yet. You know, we'll see what happens. Michael Edelman, big-time player in the Fantasy Football World Championship, the Roto Bowl, and the NFFC. Thank you for being on, my man. Good luck. I hope you avoid the curse and uh, you know keep uh, keep rolling with these teams. It's going to be fun to see you uh, make this uh, make this chase. You might dominate in two of your leagues, and then it's moving on to the uh, to the championship round. Good luck, my man. All right, thanks for having me, guys. Hey, Mike. Uh, also, uh, take care of those kids and uh, everything else, and Maybe keep your fingers crossed. Uh, we'll see you in Vegas next year. Sounds good. Thanks a lot. All right. All right that's Michael you. Edelman. Yeah, family man, just like just like us, Mike. He's got two boys. I got two boys. We uh, Ian's got two boys. Everybody's got two boys these days. I don't know. Uh, good <laughs> teams. I hope he, I hope he avoids the curse, Mike. I, I always hate to have uh, somebody on and then they accept the I invite know. and then something happens. But you know what? Look, you just gotta. You got. He was. You know. Be humble about it. That's what he was. He was very humble. That's and, right. and that's what you, that's, that's right. what you want when you're at this at the, when you're at this part of the game. It's uh, you're at you're right there. It's 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 for the takings, and uh, this is this is when it counts. So you just put up a solid week here, win your leagues. The 10K is on the line in the fantasy football world championships, Mike. Nowhere else. And again, if you if let's say you don't sweep, you know what? You're still playing for five dimes. Week 16, you're well, doing a three week you know, shootout. 
three-week shootout against the other top team in your league. So, no, I don't think any other league is going to have the excitement that we have here at the FFWC. And then you've got Scott, the, uh, the World Championship. I'm going to leave it at this. Uh, yeah. When I was uh, going to my mom's for uh, Thanksgiving, the first thing I thought about, other than being with my mom and my family, was, you know what? This is week 13, and this matters. And in a lot of leagues, it wouldn't matter. This mattered. And uh, so I'm so glad that uh, uh, FFWC, FF Toolbox, all you guys have uh, decided to do the 13-week season because it does matter. Well, I'm glad you say that. By the way, I want to give a shout-out to Joe Marchman, Scurvy Cats, and the Dynasty Football World Championship, the only undefeated team in all of FFWC tournaments. It's in the Dynasty World Championship. He's undefeated at 12-0. and and he's number two overall to Dave Osraney, uh, who was uh, also on our program earlier this year. So big shout-out to Joe and uh, he, as in his quest to become the only undefeated team in the uh, Fantasy Football World Championship. That's all we got for, uh, all for right. this week. Yeah, it's going to be a big weekend uh, here. We might even do another show this weekend because there's so much to cover game by game. I still want to get one of those in. So until next week, guys, good luck and uh, make things happen on Sunday and Monday. Talk to you then. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.